Well, it's a little bit different today with our media being down. I want to give you some uh, – normally we have an announcement video, but today I want to just mention a couple of things that we want to make you aware of. Uh, the first thing, we did have a fantastic time yesterday, serve day, and just to give you some of the details of that, uh, there were over, I don't, I hadn't figured out the exact total, there were over 50 people from our church that showed up to serve uh, for about four or five hours, and we met here at eight in the morning, and we uh, had about six different teams ended up having, and we were able to serve at the New Hope Center, we served at the Pregnancy Center, we served uh, at Justice Elementary, we served with Habitat for Humanity, we had two mowing teams that went around, they were able to mow in about four hours time, three and a half hours time, they were able to mow 17 yards in, uh, in our community. And so to be a blessing to people in that way, we were able to uh, work on some of the elementary school's playground equipment and get things up to speed there before their school year starts and do some other projects with the New Hope Center. And uh, it was just a fantastic day. And so we have, every month we have opportunities for you to serve, and we usually just have one thing that we're doing that, that you can all be a part of. And we encourage you to do that. But I encourage you, if you didn't participate in, in our big citywide serve day this year, uh, there's always next year. I believe next year, if, I, if my date's right, I think it's July the 13th. So if you need to put it in your calendar right now, July 13th, 2019, that you want to participate in Serve Day, uh, go ahead and put that in because I believe that's that Saturday. It's always mid-July. But it was, a, it was an incredible time, incredible time. If you want to feel fulfilled uh, in a way like you can't get any other way, uh, serve somebody. Go do something for somebody and show up and don't expect anything in return. Just show up to be a blessing to other people around you and watch what God ends up doing in you in the process. And here's the other thing. Uh, team night is this Tuesday night. And so if you serve on any team in our church, whether it be worship production, iKids, hosting, uh, prayer team, setup teams, any team in our church, we want you to be at Hole in the Wall this Tuesday night, if at all possible, uh, for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. We're going to have food catered in, and so that's all taken care of. You'll be fed. And we want to, it's an opportunity for us, excuse me, to cast some vision, celebrate what God's doing. Uh, you'll be able to hear from team leaders uh, for the teams that you serve on, give you important information that you need to know, and we try to do that once a quarter so that we can keep everybody up to speed and uh, knowing what's going on. So be sure, hole in the wall this Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Come eat with us and enjoy, and uh, we'll be giving you some vision and information for what's to come in the future. And then the last thing is many of you got a mass text message or an email. Maybe you got it through email where we were trying to let people know prior to today so you weren't just completely caught off guard, but we have revamped our entire kids' check-in process. So, and I'm going to tell you kind of how it's going to go and, and what, our, what our vision is, and then I want to tell you why, uh, just really briefly. So, when, when you come in the front doors, you used to come in and you could turn to the left and go straight into the kids' area. Now that door is closed off and it is, it is locked. That door cannot be opened, and nobody can see in there. So, if anybody was to walk into church while we're in here having church and they come in the lobby, they cannot see your kids they do not know what's going on in there, and they cannot get through that door. So if anybody's going to get over there, they have to walk visibly in front of people to get to that side of the building. Also, uh, we're just, we, just, we want to make it as safe and secure as possible. So the good news is, uh, well, part of the news is you can't get in and out of that door now. 
but your kids can't get out of that door either. So there ain't going to be no kid running around out here in the parking lot because they got out of that door and, and somehow, you know, there was confusion or whatever. So we're trying to make things more safe and secure. And it also helps our teachers and, and volunteers and all of that over there as well. Another thing that we've done is now the check-in is in the hallway. So there are two tables you'll notice in the hallway. One is for self-check-in. So if your kids are already in the database and in the computer system, all you have to do is go up, put the phone number in that's associated with your account, check mark the kids that you want to check in, and then check them in, and it'll automatically print all of your tickets. One thing you need to know about those tickets, the ones that go on your kids' backs need to go on your kids' backs, and the last one that prints out that has your family code number is a lot bigger on the last one. You need to keep that because that's how you're going to get your kids from this point forward. So so if you don't have that, you're going to have some problems. <laughs> so you need to make sure you have that little ticket with you whenever you go back to get your kids. You'll hand that to the person at the check-in counter at that table, and they will, they will gather your kids. There will be people at the door. They'll gather your kids, bring your kids to you at the door, and then you'll be able to leave. So what we're asking is we, we're, we're trying to get away from anybody that is not working in iKids that day is not in that room. So that means when you come to check your kids in, you'll get the, the stickers. There'll be people standing at the door now, and they will take your kids to the appropriate classroom based on where they're checked in, and the teacher will be in there waiting for them, and this is going to help us keep your kids safe. Now, I understand the building that we are in. That hallway will have a tendency to get a little crowded and a little congested. And let me speak to you from uh, not pastor, but from parent, Gabe. <laughs> I have four kids over in iKids every single weekend. And I know that now with this new process, you might have to wait in a line for three minutes. Or you might have to wait in a line. You know, if everybody gets here at the same time, I'm in line for six minutes or whatever. Here would be what I would ask you to do. If you're coming at 11.15, get here at 11.05. <laughs> because I would rather... I would rather stand in a line, for me as a parent, I'd rather stand in a line for five extra minutes and know that my kids are going to be safe, secure, taken care of, and that the people that are over there have been background checked, and that's the only people that are over there, than for me to be in such a hurry to just get my kids where they need to go because we're running late and this and that. And if you get here late, that's fine. They're still going to be there to check your kids in. It's not like you have to get here early. But if, if, if you know that service starts at 11.15 and I want to be on time and I don't want to miss the first worship song, then we're asking you to just prepare ahead of time to know that it might take you five minutes, it might take you seven minutes to get your kids checked in depending on how many people are doing that. But we're doing that so that our kids can be safe and taken care of and that parents can have peace of mind knowing that my kids are taken care of and they are safe and secure and they're going to have fun and they're going to learn about Jesus, but they're not going anywhere. And nobody's getting over there that doesn't need to be over there. So that's the why behind. It's all for the protection of the kids and for peace of mind for all the parents in our church. And so we have that system in place now. If you have any questions, you can ask us any questions that you want to ask us. Um, it's going to be, we do ask you to, it's going to be a learning curve. I will say today it has gone fairly smoothly for being the first day that we've ever done this. Um, but it is going to be a learning curve, and there might be some things we need to tweak along the way, so just bear with us as we do that. But we want to take care of your kids, and we want you to know that they're safe, they're taken care of, and they're learning, and they're growing, and they're having a good time when they come to church, all right? So all of that, I've taken up a lot of time, but I really felt like it was necessary to explain how that works 
and why we're doing it that way because we've done it the other way for almost two years and now all of a sudden we're making this big change so we wanted you to know why we're doing it um well we we've been in a series that we have called at the movies and you'll notice on your notes page it says at the movies but here's the deal it's kind of hard to do a series called at the movies with no screen and no media <laughs> right so so we were going to be uh, watching some clips and learning and doing that. And about an hour before uh, the 930 service started, uh, some people on our production team came to me and said, I don't think <laughs> we're going to get this fixed. And so uh, I began just saying, dear Jesus, <laughs> give me something to say <laughs> to these people because I've got this prepared and I knew what I was going to say until about 830. <laughs> and uh, I think that that. I think that the Lord gave me something that is meant for today, and I don't think it's a coincidence that that something went out. Because sometimes, we talked about it last week, that sometimes things have to get a little uncomfortable so that God can do what he wants to do because we kind of get in our comfort zone. And this goes for me as well. You know, you prepare and you plan. And you got the whole series lined out and all this stuff, and then you get here and it's 8.30 on a Sunday and, and 9.30 is coming, and, and it's not working. So... Uh, I think that God is wanting to say something to us today. So I'm going to do my best, just like I did at 930, to communicate uh, just a few things that I feel like the Lord gave me to share with you today. And I want to start in Matthew 17, verses 20 and 21. And you can, normally I would tell you, you can follow along on the screen, but that's not the case today. So if you want to get your Bible app, or if you have an actual Bible with you, you can turn there, or you can just listen and pay really close attention, but Jesus is having a conversation, and his disciples are, are asking him, you know, all these why questions. Well, why could we not do this? Why did this not happen? Why, you know, and, and Jesus, this is his response, is where we're picking it up in verse 20. says, he replied, talking about Jesus, because your faith is much too small. What I'm about to tell you is true. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, it is enough. So Somebody say, it is enough. You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And I like this part. Nothing will be impossible for you. With faith the size of a mustard seed. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed, but it's one of the smallest seeds that you can find. And I think what we were talking last week, I came up at the end of worship, and I really felt like there were some people in our church who needed this this new faith, fresh faith. They needed fresh eyes to see things that God is doing in their life and so we prayed and and I want to kind of to piggyback off of that thought today because this has really been on my heart about even in my own life needing this these new eyes needing fresh faith like why is it not going the way that I thought it would and why is my relationship not the way that I thought it was going to go and why is this happening the way that it's happening and all this and sometimes we just need to be reminded that God is God and that we can put our faith in God and we can trust that he's going to do what he said he would do. So I don't know about you, but I've had some mountains in my life before, and it seems like they're impossible things to get over. You know, some sometimes it's like this little hill, and you're like, well, I can figure that out, you know, on my own. And I can, you know, we'll just do this, and we'll do this, and we'll, come on, somebody, and we'll move money from here to here, and we'll figure out, <laughs> we're just going to be real today. And we'll move this around, and we'll do this, and we'll, you know, 
pay this, we won't pay that, and then we'll figure this out, and then we'll and, and we're trying to figure out, and we think we've got it all figured out. But sometimes there are some mountains that come into our lives, and we're like, I don't know how I'm going to get over this one. I don't know how I'm going to get this out of my way. I don't know how I'm going to get around it. Do I need to go over it? What what is what is God trying to do in my life? Maybe you've had some situations that you'd like to see changed, or some bad habits that you would like to get rid of, or maybe your kids are grown and and you taught them about Jesus and they were in church and they used to recite all the Bible verses and sing all the songs and you thought it was cute and you videoed it on your phone and well I don't know if they're that old, I don't know what you did, but you you videoed it somehow and and then it's like, well now I don't understand why they're like why are they living like that? Why did it turn out like that? And maybe your prayer in the mountain that you're trying to get over and figure out how, how it's all going to work out is the fact that I just want my kids to come back to Jesus. I just want them to, to come back to God. I want them to start living for God again. Maybe you have a spouse that you know you want to come to church with you and you've been working on them. And maybe they've come before but they're not here now and, and you're trying to navigate through that. And maybe that's a mountain in your life. I don't know what your, I don't know what your mountain is in your life, but I think we could go around the room and everybody's got something. That is staring them in the face. They've got something that maybe you're really worried about it or you're a little concerned about it or you're not really sure how it's going to work out. And we all have those things. So what is faith? I want to start by defining this. This is what I believe faith is. It's complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Have you ever been in a situation where it was hard for you to really have faith in God? You ever been walking through something and it's like, I know I should have faith in God, but I don't really know if I can have faith in God. And maybe you're just trying to to gather a little bit of faith up because you know that's what you're supposed to do, but you don't really feel it. And you're struggling to have faith, you're struggling to have confidence, you're struggling to trust what God is doing in your life because it doesn't really make sense to you. And I want to break down this word faith this morning into five different things that that I feel like God gave me to share with you today and what faith is and what faith requires of us because I believe there are some of us here today who need some, some new faith. We need to be able to believe again that everything's going to be all right. We need, to, we need to know in our, in our hearts and in our spirits again that, that God's going to work all this out. That I can, I, can, I can trust Him. That I can put my faith in Him even though I don't see what's going on. And so here's the thing. And if you want to write these down, it's going to be five. And we're going to just use the letters for the word faith. And here's the letter F. Uh, I believe it requires focus. Your focus is important. And here's what focus is. It means to pay particular attention to. So when I say the word focus, I'm talking about what are you paying particular attention to? Because everybody's paying attention to something. You're paying attention to something. Your your focus is on something. Your focus might be on your situation. Your focus might be on what you're walking through. Your focus might be on the doubt that's in your mind. Your focus might be on what's going on around you. Your focus might be on the job that you thought you were going to get, but now you don't know. Your focus can be on many things, but we're all focused on something. So my question is, what is your focus on? 
Because we can focus on what's wrong and what's going on around us and how we're feeling, or we can focus on the God who's in charge of all of that. And where we get it wrong so many times and where we start to lose our faith is because our focus is not on God. Our focus is on what we're struggling with. Our focus is on what I'm walking through. And I didn't think it was going to happen this way. And I didn't think it was going to go this way. And why is it so hard? And I thought it was going to be fixed. And I thought we already passed that. And our focus is on the situation and not on the God of the situation. And when we get our focus back on the God who holds every situation that you could ever have in the palm of his hand, then we can begin to place our faith in him again. But your focus is important. What are you focused on? It's easy to get focused on the wrong thing. It almost, it, it really almost comes naturally to focus on the wrong thing, doesn't it? As soon as something happens in your life, you start thinking about it, you start worrying about it, you start trying to figure it out. When was the last time that you just took a moment and just prayed? I think a lot of times prayer is like our last resort. Well, I guess I'll pray because I couldn't figure it out. And so now I'm going to pray about it. And I'm not telling you that there's not something for you to do because I believe that God will have some things for you to do and some steps that you might need to take and some things that you might need to walk through. But when was the last time that you said, you know, I'm not going to, not today, I'm not getting my focus on this thing. I'm going to keep my focus on God. I'm not going to get my focus on what I'm struggling with. I'm going to keep my focus on God. I'm not going to keep my focus. I'm not switching my focus. Enemy, <laughs> devil, you can try to get my focus off but I'm going to keep my focus on God. When was the last time that you just kind of straightened up and made the decision that no matter what I'm going through right now, I'm keeping my focus on God because that's the only path that leads to success and the destination at the end of it. Focusing on the problem does not fix the problem. Focusing on the God who is above the problem can fix the problem. So we need to get our focus in the right place. I love this saying that many of you have heard, and, and I've heard it a lot in my life, but it just simply says, stop telling God how big your mountain is and start telling your mountain how big your God is. Sometimes I think we need to stop and say, you're not going to defeat me. So you can just bring on anything that you want to bring on in my life. You're not taking me down. You're not taking me out. And start to tell our problem how big our God is. And how that if I just have a little bit of faith, just even that little bit of faith that I can muster up inside of me, if I put that in God, then the word says that nothing is impossible for me. Not because of me, but because of where my faith is. Not because of anything that I can do or that I can figure out or that I can I can do this or fix this or go here or say this the right way. No, it's about, it's about faith. The whole, the whole verse is talking about when you get your faith right, nothing is impossible for you. That you can look at the mountain and say, no, you're going to move in the name of Jesus because my faith is in Jesus. Even if it's just a little bit of faith because I'm struggling right now, that little bit of faith that I have, I'm putting in God. And God's going to take care of whatever I'm going through. I might walk through it. He might remove it, he might pull me out of it, or he might walk with me while I go through it. 
but I'm not losing faith. I'm not getting my focus off. Here's the next one, the letter A. Audacity. I like this word. I like audacity. This is this is what it means. The willingness to take bold risks. You ever had somebody, can you believe they had the audacity to say that to me? What they're saying, can you believe they were willing to take that big of a risk? Can you believe they were willing to take that big of a risk saying that to me? You going to say that to me? Can you believe? <laughs> but I think that faith requires bold risks. I think that faith requires us to do some things that sometimes don't make any sense. I think if we want the mountain to move from here to there, we have to be willing to take a big risk sometimes. And I was thinking about, I've never been bungee jumping, but I was thinking about bungee jumping, and maybe you've been, and if you are, that's awesome. <laughs> if you've been, I've never been, I just, I, I, I just, I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> but let me ask you a question. If I can stand on the edge of the cliff all day long, and I can declare as loud as I want to declare that if I was to jump off of this thing, this would hold me. And it wouldn't break. And my faith is in it. But when when is it faith? Is it faith for me to stand on the ledge and talk about how God's always going to come through and God's my provider and, well, it doesn't make sense to me, but I know God would take care of me and I know God would take care of this situation. I know God, is it faith for me to talk about it or does the faith kick in whenever I step off the edge? See, I can talk about it and see, we talk a big game a lot of times. Well, I know whew, God's asking me to do some big stuff and it's going to be risky and, 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 and all this stuff and it's like, well, are you going to do it? Like, it doesn't take a whole lot of faith to stand here and talk about it. But when, when was the last time that God asked you to do something and your response was just, okay? When was the last time you felt like this is the decision we need to make? This is the direction we need to go? This is, this is what God is telling me and asking me to do? And your response was, okay. See, a lot of us, we do like, I don't know if you've ever read about Gideon in the Bible. But God speaks something to Gideon and Gideon's like, well, if you do this, then I'll know that it's God. And God does that. Well, if you do this, then I'll know that it's really you, God. And God does that. Well, if you do this, and God's like, how many things I got to do before you realize that it's not the devil asking you to give somebody $1,000 and bless them? Why would the enemy tell you to bless somebody? And we... <laughs> And sometimes we're praying about stuff that we really need to be praying about. And I'm not, you know, saying that don't pray. We need to pray. We need direction from God. But there's sometimes that God's like, you know that's me. You know that's me. And you keep asking for a sign and asking for a sign. Well, if, if so-and-so shows up to church today and they say, wow, I just knew you were going to wear a gray shirt and gray looks so good on you. And, and man, it was, then I'll know. Whew, then I'll know that that's God. It just be confirmation that that was God. Well, if they show up and they if they shake my hand, but not my right hand, my left hand, you know, it's got to be got to be specific, you know, God. So you make them show up and make them shake my left hand and tell me hi, not hello, just hi, and then I'll know that it's you speaking to me. 
this is what you're laughing because you know I'm telling you the truth. Because when God asks us to do something, it's like God says, you know, I think you need to, I think you need to, to, to buy their, their groceries at the grocery store while you're in line behind them. And you're like, is that? And you stop and you're like, Jesus, is that you? Because <laughs> I got two buggies, Lord. <laughs> and I don't know. And we're like, well, you know, if this happens, then I'll know that it's you. No, there's sometimes you know that it's God speaking to you or putting that on your heart to do something for somebody. And the enemy's not going to ask you to bless somebody. He doesn't want that. So if you look at it and be like, would that be a blessing to them? Probably not the devil. <laughs> would that be something that would, would encourage them? Probably not the devil. It's probably the Holy Spirit speaking to you and nudging you, hey, go say this to them. Hey, go tell them that you're praying for them. Hey, go ask how they're doing. Hey, go, go. you know, you don't know what's going on in their situation, but they could really use you to buy the, the few things that they have in their buggy. And so I'm asking you, will you be willing? When was the last time that your response was yes? That your response was just yes? I'm going to take a risk. Even though it doesn't make sense to me, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to do something even though it doesn't make sense. Here's, here's the next thing. It's the letter I. It's initiative. Here's what initiative is. It's the power of or opportunity to act or take charge before others do. I like that last part. It's the power or the opportunity to take charge and do something before somebody else does. How many of you know that God is going to accomplish what he needs to accomplish on the earth and in Paris, Texas? And if he wants to use you to do it, our response should be, yes, I want to be used. When was, when was the last time that you just stepped out and said, I'll do whatever you ask me to do? I'll do whatever you ask me to do. You want me to start feeding people? I'll start feeding people. You want me to start serving? I'll start serving. You want me, whatever that looks like for you. When was the last time that you took initiative? Because here's what I know. The, the opportunity of a lifetime has to be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. So when God is asking you to do something, there's a reason why he's asking you right now to do something. Right now. Now I'm not saying that opportunity won't come back around again and God may work things out or whatever, but, but God's timing is perfect. And so when you feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit to do something or to step out or to have faith or to be a blessing to somebody, we need to take initiative before anybody's like, no, ain't nobody else taking my blessing. Nobody else is going to do what God's asking me to do. I'm going to do it. Before anybody else can even do it, I'm going to step out and do it. Before anybody else can, oh, oh, I heard that they needed somebody to serve here. Before anybody else can even get there, I'm going to be the first person in line to serve at that thing. I'm going to be the first person in line to join that team. I'm going to be the first person to go to that person's house and invite them to church. I'm going to be the first person to talk to that coworker that nobody wants to talk to that might be in my path because God's wanting to use me to reach them. I don't want anybody else taking that away from me. I want to be the one that God uses to do that. When was the last time we had some initiative? You ever been around somebody that you had to keep nudging, <laughs> motivating? You know, it's like, whew, we motivated them today and and then the next day comes and you're motivating them again to do something or do what they're supposed to do. Motivating them, keep nudging them along and nudging them along. 
Or maybe you, maybe I know not right now, you know, but maybe you've been that person in the past that maybe people were having to nudge you or, or motivate you over and over and over and over and over again. And I don't think that God, I, I'm not saying that God is mad at you if that's you when he speaks to you. What I'm saying is that I think God is looking for you to take some initiative. And when he speaks, hey, I don't want anybody else to take away from me what God wants to use me to do. And so I'm going to step out before anybody else can do it. And I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. We need initiative. Initiative. We can't always wait for someone to go with us or wait for somebody to motivate us before we do something. We've got to take initiative. Uh, here's the next one, letter T. It's for trust. We've got focus, audacity, initiative, and trust, all things that faith requires of us. Trust is the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So this part of, of faith in God means that I have firm belief in the reliability of God, in the truth of God, in the ability of God, and in the strength of God. That no matter what I'm going through, I trust God. No matter what it looks like around me right now, I trust God because, because I have firm belief that God is reliable and that God is truth and that God is able and that God is strong enough to do for me whatever I need him to do for me. To have faith in God, you have to trust that he will see you through. You have to believe that, that he has your best interest in mind. And this is not always easy. Especially when your faith seems to be dwindling away and you begin to believe the lie that God may not have your, well, maybe God is not for me. Well, maybe God is not in this situation. Well, maybe God is not going to come through. Well, maybe God, God is not going to do what I wanted him to do. And to, to trust, to place our trust in God means that I believe that he will do what he said he would do. But not only that, I believe that in every situation, God has my best interest in mind. I believe that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. I believe, now I'm not saying that God won't walk you through some things and God won't allow some things in your life because he knows the only play, way to get you from here to there and for you to be at your destination and where God has a purpose for your life and for you to be fulfilling that. Sometimes you have to walk through some things because if you didn't walk through some things, how could you relate to the person who's walking through that? Oh, oh, that's why. Oh, if I hadn't been through that, then I wouldn't know how to help you through that. Oh, if that hadn't happened to me, then I wouldn't know how to empathize with that happening to you. Oh, if that hadn't happened, then we wouldn't be able to communicate and have this me too moment. Sometimes... God will allow us to go through things. Sometimes we put ourselves through things, but no matter how we go through life, if we keep our faith in God and our trust in God, he works all things together for our good. And he will make sure that he gets all the glory. He'll make sure that he gets all the glory. I think that's why we're I think that's why we're doing this today and while I'm just kind of preaching off the cuff today is because I had something prepared and we talked about it last week and sometimes God has to get you out of your comfort zone to move you to the next place or to get a point across because we get too comfortable. We get too comfortable. And then we don't step into anything else. Well, I just like it where I'm at. I just like doing what I'm doing. I just like being where I'm at. I just like it this way. 
And God says, no, I got something else that I want to speak today. I got something else I want to say today. So I'm going to have to make you a little bit uncomfortable to get it across. Trust. Trust. I think about remodeling a house, and we're about to remodel and renovate some buildings uh, for our, our permanent church location. And when you hire somebody, I heard a woohoo, yep. <laughs> uh, when you hire somebody to remodel your house or do some work on your house or whatever, you're, you're placing your trust in them. It's like you have the plan. You know how this is supposed to look. I am trusting you that this is going to all turn out and you're not going to do something crazy and all the wiring is going to be jacked up and my house is going to catch on fire and all this. I'm trusting that you got the plan. You know the plan. And I'm trusting you to fulfill the plan. I'm trusting you. Come on, it's the same way with our relationship with God. He has the plan. He knows what the plan is, and he knows what the purpose is for your life. He's known it since the beginning of time. And it's our, our responsibility is to say, God, I trust you. You know the plan, and I'm trusting you that you're not going to do anything crazy that's going to throw me off. You're not going to uh, 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 allow me to be tempted more than I can bear. You're always going to make a way out. Sometimes we quote that verse wrong. Just a little side note. We say, well, God will never allow more to come on me than I can handle. That is not what the verse says. I think God will often allow more to come on you than you can handle. Because then you need him. It says he will not allow you to be tempted more than you can bear. And he'll always provide some way for you to get out of it. But often you're going to feel like that's what, that's what going deep with God is. You're going to feel like you're over your head. It's not always going to make sense. There are going to be times where you're going to feel like this is more than I can bear. And God says, good, because now you got to trust me. Now I can do something in you. Now I can take you to the place that I've wanted to take you because you've finally gotten to the point where this isn't about you and your ability. It's about putting your faith in me. we got to trust God. And here's the last one, the letter H, heart. And I love, I love this definition of heart because we think about our heart, but, but check this out. A heart is the central or innermost part of something. <laughs> Can I preach this for a minute? The heart is the central and innermost part of something. Here's what that means. It all starts and stops with the heart. In your body... It starts and it ends with your heart. Your heart is operating everything else in you. It is the central and most inner part of who you are. It's your heart. So let me ask you a question. Is your heart in it? And I'm talking about your relationship with Jesus. We all need a personal, come on, God is a personal God. Personal God. Now we need to be in groups, and we need to be around each other, but you also need a personal relationship with Jesus. Personal relationship with Jesus. And is your heart in it? And let me tell you how you can know. Have you given God every area of your life? Because if it all starts and ends with the heart, for your heart to be in it, you've given him everything. 
I've given him my marriage. I've given him my family. I've given him my career. I've given him my friends. I've given him my kids. I've given him my finances. I've given him my house. I've given him my vehicles. I've given him every area of my life. I'm not holding anything back because, see, here's what we do sometimes. Well, yeah, I'm all in for God, but I'm going to control my own money. Well, I'm all in for God, but those are my kids. Well, I'm all in for God, but this is my relationship. Well, I'm a, and, and, and without knowing it, we're not, our heart's not in it, because if our heart's in it, then God has the central, most inner part of who we are, which means he has everything. He has everything. So is your heart in it? Does he have everything? Does he have all of you? Is there something that you're holding back, that you're keeping from, you know, it's like, well, I don't know if I can really give that to God. I don't know if I can trust God with that, you know. I work hard for that money. Can I just tell you a verse? <laughs> I didn't say this. God inspired somebody else to write it. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. So let me ask you another question. Where's your treasure? What do you treasure? You tell me what you treasure, and I'll tell you where your heart is. What do you treasure? And there are some, there are some principles in Scripture that you only get life to the fullest if you apply. And one of those has to do with your finances. And this is not a giving message. This isn't even in my notes. There's not very many of them. Because <laughs> I only had 45 minutes notice. <laughs> But where your treasure is, there your heart is. And see, here's the thing. We look at giving, and, and let me just let me just clarify and bring some clarity to things. There's a difference between giving and tithing. Tithing is not giving. Because tithing belongs to God anyway. So God gave you 100%, and in, this, in the Bible... It was taught this way in the Bible. This is not me. This is in the Bible. This is the principle that God put for all of us, that when God gives you 100%, you bring the 10% that belongs to him back to him. And when you bring it back to him, then he does more with the 90 than you could do with 100. And you'll be thinking, man, I don't know how we made it this month, but, man, God came through. Well, I don't know how. I heard a, a pastor say it one time like this. He said, I dare you to tithe for a year, and at the end of the year, if you're not satisfied with what God is doing, then we'll give you all your money back. And I would boldly stand up here and say the same thing. And it's not because of confidence in you giving your money to this church or giving your money to, to whatever, whatever organizations you give to and all of that stuff. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, I believe, what God says. And it's a principle that he said, if you'll, I'm just, I'm just telling you, if you'll return the first 10% of everything you get back to him, he'll do more with not. You won't know how 90% went so far. You'll be looking back thinking, like, that was like 190%. Because God did way more with 90 than I could ever figure out with 100. And it has nothing to do with you giving to a church. No, this is completely, God put this in the scripture for you. For me, personally, and this is why, where your treasure is, there your heart is. So giving, returning back the 10% that, is, that is, belongs to God is an act of faith. It's saying that, God, you have 
my heart in this area. And it's not just about money. It could be any area. You fill in the blank with any area in your life. If God does not have the first of that part of your life, then your heart is not there. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You can't separate it. Well, my treasure's here, but my heart's over here. No, it didn't work that way. It's a principle that God has for every person. And I'm telling you, it works. It works. It works every time. Every time. And I think what you would do is when you start in every area of your life, in finances, with your family, with, 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 with your, your career, with every area, if you give God the first of everything and you come back in a year, what I think, you know what I think will happen? I think you'll go for year two. And then after year two, you'll be like, you know, God, maybe we can do a three-year deal. You know, maybe we'll just extend it all out to five because this seems to be working. I, I really believe this works in every area of your life. That's how you can know if God is God first in that area, then he has your heart. Then your heart's in it. If you can sit here and say, and it's not to, to feel guilty or feel condemned or anything. No, it's just maybe there's just a little, just a little tweak that you might need to make in an area that, that says, you know what? If, if that's what it looks like for God to have my heart, as my, for my heart to be in it, and he doesn't have that area of my life, then maybe I need to, to tweak something so that he has that area of my life so that my heart can be 100% in the things that God has for me our heart is your heart in it i want to bring the worship team back up today are you placing your complete confidence in god and his ways with all your heart and here's i love the end of that the end of that that phrase those two verses to me that's one of the most encouraging things is that nothing that when my faith is in god and I just have, even if all I have today is a little bit of faith, just a little bit of faith, and I put it in God, God says, just that little bit of faith is all you need. And tomorrow there'll be a little bit more. The next day there'll be a little bit more. The next day there'll be a little bit more. And nothing will be impossible for you. And here's the great news. Will you stand today? Is that you, if you make this decision today that I'm going to give God all my heart, I'm going to place my faith in God today. 100%. I'm giving him everything. Here's, here's the awesome thing. This is the same God we're placing our faith in that said in Ephesians 3.20 that I can do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. So here's the good news. You ready for this? Here's the good news. So if things aren't going the way that you thought they would go, they can't go the way that you thought they would go. Because God wants to do more than you could think. And I think sometimes God's like, oh, you asked for that, but oh man, ask bigger. Ask for more. Ask for more. You, you need that, but ask for more. Like, ask for something that only I can do. Try to think up something that only I could do. That if you step out and do that, you have to rely on me and watch what I do. He wants to do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Here's the kicker. Through you. Through his power working in you. So it doesn't always look like a check dropping from heaven. I believe God can do that. It doesn't look like a fix for your marriage overnight. I believe God can do that. 
God wants to do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine through his power that's working in you. It's in you. It's in you. The same, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. And if we could ever get that, if we could ever, if we could ever just grab that, <laughs> that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of me, then I can walk out here thinking there is nothing impossible for me because my faith is in him. And it may not look like what I think it should look like, but that's good news because I can't think as highly as what God does. And he's going to do more. If, if God did it the way that you were thinking, he couldn't do it exceedingly abundantly above what you are thinking. So when it's not going the way that you're thinking it should go like, you need to be thankful because God must be doing something behind the scenes, behind the curtain that you can't see yet, but one day you'll see. But he's doing more than you could ask, think, or imagine. And that's why it doesn't look like what you think it should look like. So you just need to keep praising him. You just need to keep worshiping him. You just need to keep serving him. You just need to keep placing your faith in him. So that whatever he's doing in your life can come to pass. Amen. God, I thank you right now for your word. Thank you for what you've done today in this service and what you're doing right now in people's hearts. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. If you're here today and you need prayer for anything in your life, it can, we all need prayer. I need prayer. Everybody needs prayer from time to time. We all go through things. There are seasons, things that, that we face, mountains that might be standing in your way, something that might be staring you in the face, and you just need some encouragement. You need somebody to believe with you, to just pray with you. Maybe you don't even know the words to say, and you just need somebody to, to, to just lift you up. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. When you come for prayer, there's not going to be anything weird happen when you come for prayer. It's just an opportunity for two or more people to agree in whatever situation it is that you're facing. So I want to encourage you as we begin to sing this last song, when the worship team begins to sing, if that's you and you need prayer for anything in your life, you can just step out of your seat and come down for prayer. We want to pray for you. Holy Spirit. I pray right now that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.